Hello and welcome to this special edition of the EMG Health Podcast. Today I'm joined by Professor Jonathan Sakia. Hi Jonathan. Hi Spencer. I had the pleasure of meeting uh, Jonathan in uh, Israel at the Cleveland Clinic uh, Colorectal Surgery Conference that we were covering as the official publication. Um, whilst we were there, we, we noted that numbers were down, um, mainly due to the coronavirus that's obviously in the, in the headlines everywhere at the moment. And I just wanted to have a quick conversation with you, Jonathan, to discuss uh, the effects this is having uh, you know, on the population, on patients, on doctors, on, on congresses, and, and what we can do to, to sort of try and alleviate some of those issues. Um, so as I said, we, we were in Israel and there was, uh, there was people from Italy not attending, there were people from China not attending. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit more about what the effects of coronavirus is having at the moment? Yeah, well, um, obviously this is, uh, there's a lot of column inches being uh, uh, devoted to this. There's also a lot of hysteria and inappropriate uh, communication, but we'll set that aside. Um, it, focusing specifically on the Congress component, it's deeply concerning, obviously. So from Italy specifically, there were a number of faculty members who didn't make it. Um, there were also a number of attendees who didn't make it from a number of countries. So let's look at what the implications are. Number one, first and foremost, if we put patients at the center of everything we do, the patients of those doctors would not have been exposed to the fantastic content that was presented uh, in Jerusalem. That means that patients um, of those doctors will not be getting the best possible care. And all the hard work that Professor Wexner and the, the team at uh, the Cleveland Clinic and the Israeli Colorectal Society and the Israeli Surgical Society and the organizing committee, I mean, you know, putting on a Congress is a massive amount of work. All that work from the perspective of those doctors and the patients they look after and the colleagues they speak to is lost. And that's a tragedy. Yeah. You, you talk about the hysteria. What are the risks of traveling at this, at this time? Yeah, so, you know, let's put things into perspective. This novel coronavirus uh, is not um, a flu uh, per se. Influenza is caused by the A strain of influenza. There's, I think, 198 potential strains. I think about 123 have been shown to cause human disease. Coronavirus is a different group of viruses of which um, SARS and MERS were uh, prior iterations. Uh, we don't quite know how uh, infective this particular uh, virus is. Seems to be pretty infective. It is thankfully um, not as fatal as SARS, but it still has killed people, and obviously any death is a tragedy. But let's put it into perspective. Regular influenza kills 650,000 people and up every single year. Um, that can be prevented, of course, by having vaccinations, clean hands, um, avoiding social contact, staying at home when you're not well. Same thing for coronavirus. Obviously, yeah. there's no vaccine. Traveling at the moment, well, you know, countries are endeavoring to contain the virus because there's no herd immunity because no one has been immunized. Yeah. So that's the reason. But actually, the individual risk is awfully small. Um, uh, it seems to be higher for those who, who are elderly, infirm, have pre-existing conditions, compromised immune system. Actually, got, getting on an aeroplane, um, I'm, I'm passionate about aviation, yeah, as I think I told you <laughs> uh, in Jerusalem. Um, aeroplanes have very good filtration systems. Obviously, you need people to be responsible, not, got, not get on an aeroplane when they're sick, um, avoid people who are otherwise unwell. You know, there's some social change going on. People aren't 
shaking hands anymore. They're doing the, uh, you know, the elbow bump or the knee yeah. bump or whatever. So I think sensible things can be done. But, um, yeah, people are going to be frightened. They, healthcare workers have an increased risk of being exposed. So travel is an issue and people are going to tend to restrict their travel. Also, you know, hospitals are telling doctors, um, can you please not be far away? We might need your assistance yeah. uh, at the hospital. Yeah, de definitely. And I think that's what was told to the Italian doctors yeah. at the conference. What, what can you, you, you've been to hundreds, if not thousands, I guess, of congresses. And oh, good know, Lord, I, I hope it's still that I, many. I, I've certainly <laughs> been to my fair few. But what, how can congresses plan and adapt to these, these times and measures that are taking place? Yeah, it's... It, Look, the, the challenges of live congresses have been ongoing for a number of years. Um, as incomes have diminished, as workloads have increased, as the numbers of physicians in certain countries has decreased, the ability to take time off to travel has decreased. Congresses have become more expensive. And, you know, there's several elements at play here, Spencer. You've got the, the companies that need to put their products and services in front of the medical profession. And I'm a huge fan of corporate relationships with physicians. A huge fan. I, I think it's been vilified totally inappropriately. I, as a practicing surgeon, needed to see new equipment and I need to talk to the company and understand how it works and how it might be improved and so on and so forth. So a Congress is a great place for that happen, to happen. It's a great place to educate uh, people and it's a great place for a collegial interaction. So Congresses are important. But Congresses need to think about, number one, how do you get the best possible audience coming? Yeah. And just taking advertisements in journals um, ain't the way to cut it anymore. You need yeah. to be more creative. And then when you're at the Congress, whilst this great information is going on, how do you disseminate it to those people who couldn't make it? And then after the Congress, you've got all this great content. How do you disseminate it? so that the people who weren't able to come will have a benefit of all the information. The companies will have the opportunity to take their innovations. I mean, for instance, in Jerusalem, we saw all this great stuff about fluorescence yeah. uh, in medicine. There are many surgeons around the world who don't know about that. And of course, people who then see that information go, my goodness, I didn't get there this year, but I'm going to make darn sure I'm there next yeah. year. Yeah. So we, you know, in, in the last week, I've seen three of the major Congress uh, postponed to either July or, or uh, end of August time. Mm. You, you've just talked about the benefits of attending the Congress, so the learning, the seeing the new equipment, all of that sort of stuff. You know, what, what effect is this going to have on doctors? Uh, wow. Um, again, let me, let me flip it slightly and say it's going to have an effect on, on patients. Um, doctors exist to look after the patients who rely on them. Uh, to be doing the right thing for them. Yeah. You know, primum non nocere, firstly do no harm. And firstly doing no harm means you're doing the very, very best that you possibly can based on the information you have to hand. If you're not at the Congress, how are you going to get that information? Yeah. We've got, we, well, you know, you, you've told me uh, as we were chatting in uh, Jerusalem of some of the things that you're capable of doing. And I think, quite frankly, nowadays, with the speed at which medical innovation is occurring, we have to find new ways to get the information out to doctors so that they can help their patients. And you know what? There were several hundred uh, surgeons, um, pathologists, um, so on and so forth, 
at the Congress, there were tens of thousands who were not. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if we could get that information to them? And I, I believe that's the sort of thing that you do. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's exactly why we, we've become the official publisher for the event for the Cleveland Clinic. We, we, we're helping get people to attend beforehand so we can send out e-blasts, we can send out interviews. Um, to, to, we, we, we sponsored the event, so we, we put uh, some awards on for the best abstracts, best posters. Um, so we can do a lot of stuff to help uh, encourage people to attend the events. Whilst we're there, we, could, we, we did a number of interviews. Uh, we, we obviously write a lot of articles on that and content on that and do a Congress review. Uh, we, we, we carried out a number of podcasts whilst we're there. Afterwards, we can send that information out. So we, you know, at EMG Health, we've got nearly half a million doctors in our database, so we can hmm. get that, that information out to the relevant, relevant audience. So is that what you're talking about there? Is that the sort of thing that would help you either as a doctor or potentially as an exhibitor? Well, I mean, absolutely. And as someone who's been involved in organizing conferences, you know, you, number one, there's the, the, there's the financial um, component. Putting on a conference is expensive. Um, so anything you can do to increase the reach, it makes it more attractive for people to attend year on year. It also means from the manufacturer's perspective, and again, I'm a fan of it. We as physicians need the pharmaceutical industry. You know, you can't give drugs out and you can't do surgery without equipment. And we need to have a collaborative, transparent, honest relationship with these companies. They have their mission. Their mission is uh, obviously to return a profit to their shareholders. Um, and, but their mission is to make stuff that makes people better that we deploy. So the more people that see that information, the better it is for the companies and the more they're going to want to support the conference. Because if the conference isn't delivering a return, guess what? Companies aren't going to come yeah. and the conference will, you know, struggle financially. Yeah, brilliant. Well, thank you very much for your time. Um, it's great speaking to you again and uh, I look forward to having hopefully some more podcasts with you in the future. Uh, thank pleasure. you, everyone, for listening. Um, if we can help you in any way with uh, your Congress events, whether it's uh, from a exhibitor perspective or, or a perspective or uh, an attendee or whether you're the con conference holder that, that needs some help getting them, your messages out there at this time, please feel free to get a hold of us. And we look forward to speaking with you soon. Thank you. Thank you.